and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet. Or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it. And we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. <laughs> hey, Rothery, what are we watching tonight? Ah, yes, an old classic. Like Dracula? No. Like Frankenstein? No. The Wolfman? The Mummy? The Creature from the Black Lagoon? No, no, and no. It's better than that. (laughs) Better than when King Kong ate San Francisco and got heartburn from the Golden Gate Bridge. No, you ninny. This one is a classic about a mysterious creature that lives in the southwest part of America. He shows up about every ten years to feed. I just love nature stories. Nature? What? This is no nature story. Man, you sure have some odd tastes. So, what's it called? The mysterious creature that lives in the southwest part of America. Haven't you been listening? Sheesh. What a title. Yeah, what you need? Mm-hmm. What did you need? I didn't need anything. Well, you were looking at me. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. Well, someone was. Woody, are you hearing or seeing things again? Not that I... Hey, what was that? What was what? Behind the curtains over there. There was a... Woody, are you sure you aren't seeing things again? Remember the scarecrow incident? Yes, I do. But this is different. I really saw something peeking around the curtains. Something is watching us. Don't be stupid, Woody. There's nothing over there. I'll go over and take a look. Ah, Woody, see, here you are. Ah, Chupacabra. (laughs) (laughs) But that does remind me of tonight's story. We have an excellent story for you tonight. It's a long one called Something Watches Over Me and It's Not an Angel by Shattered Mind. A young man has been plagued by a malevolent creature since he was born and now, well, you'll just have to find out. Enjoy! Something Watches Over Me and It's Not an Angel by Shattered Mind 
Have you ever heard of the idea of spirit guides or divine protectors? How about the idea of long-deceased family members watching over you and guiding you through your life? I'm sure you have. I mean, haven't we all? Well, mine's different. For the longest time, I assumed I was the only one who could see it. No one else I mentioned it to had any clue of what I was speaking of. Friends and parents just assumed it was a childish fantasy or the desperate desire to see and experience the spirit realm. Others thought me crazy. I'm not crazy. I know that sounds like something a crazy person would say, but someone else saw it. That thing, my guide if you were to call it that, is not an angel. It's a monster. It wasn't until I reached the age of 22 that someone else finally noticed it. For the past 21 years, I was the only one who'd spotted the damn thing lurking around, watching me. It all started the day I was born. I wasn't meant to live past childbirth. Something wanted me dead, and it's been trying ever since. My birth was unpleasant, especially for my mother. Upon finally giving birth, she watched the doctors cut the umbilical cord from around my neck and rush me off and away from her waiting arms. I was essentially dead, strangled to the point that I no longer sucked in the bleached air. After a half an hour, they wheeled me back into a room in what I can only assume to be an incubator of sorts. If not for the technology of the modern day, I would likely have been dead. Like all people, I don't remember that day. That is except for one thing. A voice. The first true voice I heard only moments before my heart restarted. I no longer know what it said, and truthfully, I don't think I want to know what it said when it chose me. However, I remember the sound like wheezing breaths mixed with a sickly gurgling of pus and blood. It plagues me every night, and it has for the past 22 years. Skip ahead to my second year of stolen life, and once more death came for me. Being the adventurous and curious kid I was, I sucked a marble like a bonbon. Of course, this was incredibly dangerous. From what I know, the marble had become lodged in my throat, and my frantic parents tried everything to free the glass orb, slowly draining the life from their child before them from my throat. They tried everything, even going as far as pushing their fingers into my throat in a vain attempt to make me puke the marble out, only to watch it slide deeper down. Until, unexpectedly, I spat it out without issue. To this day, they're still bewildered by the miracle I performed, but it wasn't me. I know it wasn't, because that's when I first saw it. Not fully. I think it was its decision as not to scare the living daylight from me. No, I saw its hands on my shoulders. Long, bony fingers curled down, gently tapping my tender flesh with prodigious claws, gray skin stretched tightly across the scrawny bones. I don't know why, but it calmed me rather than scaring me, possibly due to my lack of glimpsing the creature. Time passed relatively safe. No close calls or near-death experience surrounded me. An odd disturbance did happen on my third birthday, but it's completely coincidental. I guess I should explain this rather than bypass it. On my third birthday, 31st of October, only one child knocked on the door to trick-or-treat. One child was unusual back then, but not uncommon. Yet the strangest part was that he said to my parents when they asked him where the other children were, the boy, around five or six, simply pointed to the roof just near the chimney, which was now highlighted by the full moon, and said, The strange man on the roof is scaring them away. 
Of course, (laughs) no parent wants to hear that from anyone, so logically my dad checked the roof. He found nothing, of course, which only made things worse, causing them to blatantly ignore the door rings later that night. The next couple of years passed relatively safely, with no real close calls or near-death experiences, nor any suspicious instances. That was until one autumn morning, me and my sister, three years older than me and born on Friday the 13th, were going to primary school on the bus with Mom. I was sucking on a sweet those red and white swirly ones that were hard-boiled and taste of strawberry and cream. Anyway, as I was saying, I was sucking on one of those and suddenly Death saw his chance again through choking. As the sweet flew down my throat and lodged itself, I lunged forward trying to spit it out as my eyes began to water. My sister panicked, slapping my back furiously as my mom rose, pulling me up to smack my back. Smacking it harder with each strike, she grimaced trying to force it out by pulling her fist into my stomach as she slammed me into her. At this point, my head had begun to swell slightly with pressure and my skin started to turn blue. I could feel my lips growing colder as tingles almost like icy rain danced across my hands and fingers. My sight blurred and the sounds around me faded except for two things the terrified screams of my sister, and the high-pitched clicking of a tongue. People on the bus stared in silence as the driver continued his route. Men and women watched as my mom struggled to save me, as she watched her son dying before her. Tears streamed from her face, pouring down her cheeks to soak my neck as she tried to remain composed. Spinning me sharply, she apologized before ramming her fingers down my throat and holding them there. Heaving and lurching, I gagged, feeling the contents of my stomach move and gargle as my vision grew darker. The slight glimpse of gray-skinned hands on my mother's hands flooded my vision as they pushed her fingers deeper. Suddenly and violently, I vomited, spraying my stomach's contents across the floor and myself at the ridiculous cheers of the other passengers as my mom glared at them attending to me. Her arms wrapped around me, embracing me, despite the sick coating my uniform. As I gasped, gulping in air greedily, watching the hands slide from my mother's shoulders to creep back down the bus, each long digit slipping over the seat's plastic gum-covered handlebars before scraping down the fabric of the last set of seats. After that, death seemed to give up trying to deprive me of oxygen. Instead, choosing to hit me with cars or ravage me with dogs and push me off steep hills into lakes. Time passed, yet that near-death experience on the bus followed me like a stray dog. I only think back to it, third-person-like, if I'm watching myself die. Yet, strangely enough, the creature's vacant from my memory, but I know it was there saving me once more. But why? Does it feed on my energy? My soul? I honestly don't know, but it's keeping me alive, and I don't know why. Years passed by. Friends came and went, and I caught glimpses of the creature. Always glimpses, never the full thing. It wanted me to know it was still there, but it wouldn't let me see it. On days, I would catch it behind trees, just peeking around, its gray skin seemingly darker in the sunlight than at night. Large, milky-white eyes staring at me as long, emaciated arms hung down, touching the ground. Other times, I would hear it whispering or muttering, as if talking to someone else, only to grow silent when I glanced over at the direction of the sounds. At times, I would feel it, 
Like that feeling you can't explain when you know someone is watching you, but they're in the same room as you, just not visible. Eventually, nights became nightmares. Shadows danced on the walls of my room, flickering like jittery creatures, constantly twitching and convulsing as they dry-heaved and scuttled about on spindly legs and wiry arms. The light of the street would suddenly dim, making me glance at the window, only to find a shadow quickly vanish from the ominous glow of the moon that would crawl in through the blinds. Then came the knowing, the sensation of it watching me, not from across the room, but directly behind me. I would awake from sleep absolutely terrified with wide eyes and trembling lips as I forced myself to act like I was asleep, staring at the wall and the shadows upon it. I would lay there watching as the shapes moved, rising higher, depicting a head slightly elongated and almost crescent-shaped in appearance like the moon tilted sideways. The black mass would move, rising higher along the wall, reaching over me before splitting in half, the dangling appendages and tendril-like veins snapping together to entangle and create elongated fingers that stretched and crept closer. I could feel its breath on the back of my neck. Not hot, like a living creature, but cold, ice cold. No, no, freezing cold to the point chills would run along my spine and my hairs would stand up with the goosebumps coating my skin like blisters. Strange, arcane whispers swept from its jaw, accompanied by the stench of fermented water and damp leaves, tainted with a foul, pungent odor of rotting flesh. Squishing my eyes shut tightly was the only reprieve I had from that torment as it plucked and fed upon my fear, likely suckling down the sweet nectar in delight. These instances were quickly replaced with vivid dreams of torture and nightmarish schools and demonic beings of an otherworldly nature bearing vague anamorphic statures with crowded skulls riddled with rivets and spines of twisted metal. Dreams of being burned alive and eaten by bark-covered figures with glowing crimson eyes holding tiny black irises that orbited smoldering orange pupils haunted me. Their jaws chomped down on my exposed muscle and nerve, pulling it tight to string it out and wring off its juices as it tore away. Small beings like spiders, covered in bony bristles, crawled across my naked body, jabbing it with tiny pincers as they moved, burrowing into every orifice, squirming under my eyelids and chewing through my eardrums to pull webs across my brain. The worst was the haunting spectral visions of the tree that plagued me both night and day. Its form would rise up into a deep purple and red sky, housing eclipsed suns of green flame. Bat-like creatures hung from its branches, screeching with silver eyes and frilled pointed ears. Membranes of human faces hugged their bodies as they stared at me. Giant, eight-legged beings sat in webs of human intestines that constantly dripped blood on the bundled-up children below, trapped like flies. The beings laughed, muttered in alien tongues or ancient and arcane languages, causing images of cyclopean cities to flash in my frontal lobe. Their arms waved around, each one coated in severed human hands that twitched and writhed in agony. Eyes of empty black void stared down at me. The tree breathed deeply, sucking in the red mist of blood from the air as its roots pulsed and flickered with ghastly green and pink light mixed with a hue of magenta and red. Fell voices called out, singing lullabies into my ears, urging me closer as a hand rested on my shoulder, heavy and gray, guiding me toward the tree. 
My eyes would snap open with a scream as sweat poured from every pore possible, soaking my clothes and drenching my bedsheets as I panted feverishly, quivering in abstract horror. Sleep served me no sanctuary from the creature. I visited a shrink once. He told me it was a phase and just signs of an overactive imagination. I have that, but this is not that. This is hell itself taunting me. Recently, I found camping eased my mind more than my own room. Something about being exposed to nature somehow calmed down the dreams and visions. Well, it did, but it led to something worse. Much worse. A few weeks ago, I invited a friend to camp with me in a forest. This forest, however, is said to be one of the UK's most haunted forests, with several murder cases unsolved and dozens of missing reports. Being the paranormal and cryptic lovers we are, we thought it was the perfect place for a ghost hunt and paranormal investigation. We brought what we needed, tents, sleeping bags, torches, etc., the usual camping supplies. I also managed to get my hands on an emergency survival kit. It held rations, flint and striker, water purification tablets, you know, that sort of stuff. After traveling to the forest, we spent the day walking around, laughing, and generally being stupid, picking up twigs, pretending to have sword fights, or trying martial arts moves. We tested the tablets to find the water surprisingly refreshing, despite the slight metallic taste. We took pictures on a disposable camera. At the time, we hadn't noticed, but we had caught things we can't explain. In nearly every picture, there were figures that were definitely not there when we took the pictures themselves. The figures appeared almost transparent, which honestly scared the shit out of me, but also really got me hyped. I mean, we actually caught evidence of ghosts. The night came quicker than we anticipated, and so we set up camp, making a fire in a small set of trees shaped in a circle. We laughed and joked, despite the creep factor washing in like a thick fog. The highlight of our trip actually came from discovering a bag of sweets in the emergency survival kit. Childish, I know, but... They were a mix of boiled and soft sweets. Then things got weird. Really weird. Eerily weird. First it was just like the feeling we were being watched. Then something terrifying happened. We heard a scream. A woman's scream coming from the woods. My friend jumped up, shining a torch in the trees, and whispered, Did you just fucking hear that? Sitting up, I answered telling him that I obviously heard it, and that it was likely just a fox. If you've never heard a fox at night, it's scary. No joke, they sound like babies crying or a woman screaming. He refused to believe my comment, despite me having more knowledge on animals than him. But I'll admit it, I was just as scared as him and glad that he was alert, but not so glad he was shining the torch in the woods. Now, we don't get wolves here or bears here, so when he said, I think I see eyes over there, I shit myself. Jumping up, I swallowed the fear lodged in my throat, following his pointed finger at the torch's light. Lo and behold, there was something reflecting the light, like eyes. Now this terrified me to my core. Nothing should be doing that out here, and those weren't deer eyes. Those were too close together for that. This was clearly predatory. My mind raced, thinking to the tales of big cats in the UK countryside, and the rake, that thing scared the crap out of me. We watched the eyes for at least an hour before they just vanished into the trees without a sound. Sharing a glance, we decided that maybe we should leave and not risk staying the night.
Making up our minds and gathering our things, we ignored the distant screams of possible foxes or women as the woods grew silent, too silent. If you know anything about woods, it's that when they go quiet, it's not a good sign. It means something is around this dangerous. Noticing this, I straightened, staring off into the trees as my friend stuffed everything into the bags with a messy, rushed action. Not that I blamed him. Then, my heart dropped. My friend no longer stuffed the bags as I glanced at him. Instead, he was staring off into the woods, his eyes wider than I'd ever seen, to the point that I thought they would burst out. His body trembled violently, and not to shame him, but he had pissed himself. If I had seen what he told me, I would have done the same. Leaning forward, I asked him what was wrong before shining my light into the trees he was transfixed on. Tears streamed down his face as he whispered, We need to go. Okay, I said, helping him grab the stuff as he cried, grabbing my hand. We need to go now. Leave this crap here. We need to go. Concerned and terrified, I obliged, grabbing only what was necessary as we moved, practically holding hands as we glanced around. Moving toward the direction of the car, we heard footsteps and twigs snapping, making us move faster and more frantically as we rapidly went into a sprint, practically diving into the car and whacking the headlights to full beam, illuminating the car park. What's wrong? What did you see? I asked, fearing for my friend's life and my own as he continued to cry slightly. Now, my friend never cries out of fear, so to see this reality made me nervous as I scanned the trees for movement, only just catching a glimpse of it moving behind a tree, the shape of a human leg in its claws dragging along the ground behind it. My eyes widened as my friend muttered to himself, pressing his face into his hands as the creature paused, turning toward me with a smile. It was at this point I noticed its full appearance. The creature stood around eight feet tall at least. Its skin was pale gray, almost translucent, revealing the organs below and the pulsing hearts of black muscle beating within. Glowing white eyes stared back at me as a thin smile revealed the needle-like teeth jutting down from its jaws. Its face was slim, gaunt and tight, yet oddly human. Long, scrawny arms hung by its side, touching the ground as long, digit-grade legs covered in tight flesh supported its emaciated body. Large, black-feathered wings tipped with claws hung down from its back, partially folded to hide the row of spinely protrusions sticking out from its spinal column. My eyes refused to blink as they burned, screaming at me as it stared at me smiling. Its free hand rising towards its mouth to wipe away the dark patches of moisture glistening around its thin lips. My body trembled as the creature smiled wickedly, forcing the skin to split along its face, allowing its jaws to reveal the full majesty of the maw, stretching halfway up its head. I stammered, trying to speak, as the creature turned, waving over its shoulder to walk into the woods with the body of someone. It would only be a week later that I learned that the man it had was a known rapist and murderer who had escaped police in the area. Knowing this now makes me sick to my stomach as it stopped me from going anywhere near any more woods. We drove home trembling and silent until my friend managed to tell me what he saw. I never told him what I saw. I didn't want to scare him any more than he already was. I, I saw something. A creature, I glanced at him speaking. What is it like to be a fox or a wolf? He refused to turn as his eyes grew redder with his tempered words. 
Not a fucking fox, he swallowed loudly. It was a human at first. That made my jaw sag as I thought back to the body the creature had. He was watching us, just smiling like a creep. Then, his words trailed off as he sucked back the tears and snot that threatened to leak from him once more. Then, something came out of the trees behind him. Just picked him up by the neck. I sat silent and filled with fear of what would come next. It didn't even look at me. Just lifted a hand and dug a finger right through his eye, pushing it out the back of his head. My friend paused briefly, sucking in a shaky breath before stuttering. I, I guess he died instantly as he didn't scream, but then he tried to fight back. That only made the thing smile. He turned to me. It fucking smiled. My heart skipped a beat as I imagined it running up alongside of the car to tap on the window as it smiled at me with that awful grin, like a demonic shark. That's when it gripped his arm, tearing it off like, like... It tore it off. His sudden yell broke my train of thought as I glanced in the moon shining down on us with silver light. It then clasped his jaws around his face, crushing it. I heard the bone crack. He whispered, peering over at me as I rubbed a shaky hand across my brow. Just keep driving and get us out of here to the city. It'll be safer. Then we can go to the police, I said, trying to stay as calm as possible as he snorted, gripping the wheel with a white knuckle grip. They won't believe us. They'll say we're on drugs or that we killed him. We'll be sent to a nuthouse and locked up. As much as I hated to admit it, he was right that no one would believe us. We remained silent for the rest of the journey home. Each one of us anxiously staring out of the window, snapping our heads around at the slightest sound or light of a passing car. We were petrified, and it showed evidently when we got pulled over for speeding. A couple of cops asked us the usual, have you taken any drugs? Have you drank any alcohol this evening? We lied to them telling we had a family emergency, but they didn't fully buy it. I could tell when they went off to talk to each other about our panic state and clear terror filled our eyes. Eventually, they let us go on a warning, stating that they would shadow us to the next city. Then we were to go to our emergency and then straight home. Hmm, home. Like that will do anything. That thing knew exactly where I lived and I hoped it didn't know where he lived. Luckily, my question was answered as my friend is finding, getting over the night as best as he can for now anyway. I haven't mentioned this, but I'm having a new dream, and I think it's my death. Or at least my limbo. Hell, I don't know. I don't even have to sleep to see the dream either. I just shut my eyes, and there I am. Imagine a field or a vast expanse of land. Now, shroud that land in a thick gray fog, like that on an autumn morning. Now imagine black trees, native and devoid of leaves, appearing in the fog, but remove the trunks and gaze at the branches stretching out like veins of black blood across the sky. That's where I am, and there's no sun, no light, and no sounds, except for the one wheezing breath I heard when I was born. I know the creature is behind me in the dream, waiting for me to run, but I think it's pointless. This thing has followed me all my life, and now if I die, I will greet it like an old friend. It's past midnight now as I write this. I am terrified. The dreams have stopped only now replaced with something worse. Much worse. I'm trying not to look, but it knows I know it's there, watching me write. It's in my room, sitting on my desk by my window. 
I can see its wings clearly now from my peripheral vision. The things I thought were feathers are actually human hands with hundreds of fingers coated in finely placed feathers. Its eyes are dim, sucking in the light from the landing in the street outside. No, not the street. The street is gone, replaced with a crimson sky. I can see the moon eclipsed by the sky spilling a red hue into the air. I can see the tree and hear the bat-like creatures. I'm terrified. Please, if you read this, don't look for me or it. Once you've been chosen, there's no escaping. If you've never suffered a near-death experience, you're lucky. I think it feeds on the life I shouldn't have had. The more I try to resist looking, the harder it gets. It's shifting now. It's rolling its shoulders, and it's rubbing its neck like it's bored. Its teeth are chattering. Oh, God, it's eating a baby. I can't... Oh, no, no, it's still alive. I can't help myself. I have to look. No, I'm not ready to die. I don't want to go. It's five in the morning now. It stopped eating around three. I looked at it, and it just smiled at me and spoke. Its voice was putrid, slow and whispery, yet gruff like gravel grinding together and stone-breaking bone. Gargles of blood and pus accompanied the wheezing as it spoke, dragging out each word as it savored them as it told me, You are safe, my child. Father is here. Something watches over me, and it's not an angel. By Shattered Mind. Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. Hey, subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to like us there too. Also, make sure you tell your friends about us. Spread the word. Now, if you want your story recorded for your own use or just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order it there. Or you can find me on Upwork at Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight. <laughs>